0: Shotgun snap, quick throw, All caught right, by Green, in, it in. is a yeah. touchdown, yeah. Adriel, Jeremiah Green. You don't live in Cleveland, you live
1: in Cincinnati. Hello and welcome to episode 114 of Cincinnati, the Bengals UK podcast and yes, we're riding the crest of of uh, a wave, a wave of back-to-back victories. Who who would have thought that um, a couple of weeks ago? Um, yes, I don't know what to say, really. It's been a, a marvellous uh, week for the Bengals. And here to discuss everything with me is my uh, partner in crime, the uh, mince pie to my brandy butter, the Christmas to my cracker, and the Tonys to my chuckle only. It is Nathan Palmer. Nathan,
0: how are you doing, Paul? Um, before we get started, I think we've got to address a key issue here. Right, go on then. Who is in disguise as Zach Taylor and the Bengals at the moment? What on earth has happened? <laughs> what has happened, my son? I, I like the Pittsburgh game. I was like, maybe it's a fluke. This team has transformed, and I don't believe it's real. Someone is impersonating the Bengals, and I want answers.
1: Well, um, I, I, I don't know. They, everything seems to. Well, I say not everything, but something has clicked, and uh, whether it's the game planning, whether it's the execution, um, it's quite remarkable, really. It's probably a bit of everything, to be honest with you, because they've, you know, as we've said throughout this season, they've kind of. Done bits and pieces and looked great in places, and then looked horrible, and then looked horrible, and then great, and then you know they've been really inconsistent. Um, but the last couple of games have been, I mean, they could have lost yesterday, and I did think that we were gonna, you know, uh, lose out after another difficult third quarter, shall we say, but they hung in there and they pulled out the win. 37-31 37-31 against the Houston Texans. Deshaun Watson or Deshaun Jackson as uh, Fox Sports kept calling him. Um yeah, it was uh it was a good win. I enjoyed it very much. It was a good game as well. It was kind of fun and back and forth uh end to end. You never you weren't you weren't ever quite sure who was going to win it and then we did, which is <laughs> feels really weird to say because we have as you know, we have Managed to invent new ways to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory during this season. So, why we didn't do that yesterday, uh, I do not know.
0: I staggered, son. I really was. I mean, I, I, I probably. I love how we just dive straight into the meat of this podcast. So, I'm going to rewind it a bit. Go how was then. your Christmas, Marcel? So tell all the audience you had a nice, nice break. You had a, you know, I'm sure you've been eating some Tonys, having a, having a <laughs> drop the drop a bit of, like alcoholic beverages you sort of lying in your own filth after a couple of days now how, how are you feeling
1: <laughs> you leave my filth alone my filth is the <laughs> is the most unfilthiest filth in the world
0: yes you've know, you had, had a shower since uh christmas eve have you
1: christmas eve 2017 mate that's the last time <laughs> i've showered now i've I, I had a nice christmas actually despite everything that's going on obviously it's you know People had to change plans at the last minute and uh, perhaps they weren't allowed to see family and travel around. Um, and we, we couldn't either. I mean, we, we could have done, perhaps, because we're in Tier 3, but we decided, when I say we, me and my mom decided not to, you know, travel anywhere. So it was pretty chilled. We, we decided to kind of push the boat out with food and cooked a really nice sort of meal um, I received some gifts the day before from a certain podcast co-presenter. That was very kind of you. And I sent you—you uh, you sent me some Tony's Chocolonelys. I sent you some Tony's Chocolonelys as well. So between us, if we ever got back together in the sewing room, I don't think we'd move for bars of Tony's Chocolonely. You know,
0: it's not the most creative present gift in, but practical. No,
1: and it was funny because I had sent you the the bars of Tony. Before um, before you mentioned it on the podcast, uh, was it last week or the week before? And they only got to you last week, so thank goodness that they did. And I understand one of our flock, Mike Smith, also got some Tony's Chocolonies for Christmas as well, so...
0: Uh, it's, it's Tony Gees. He's 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 sitting pretty, is All the money he's getting from me, you well, and Mike.
1: I think it's time that he sponsored the podcast. I mean, how many times <laughs> have we mentioned that product in the last two minutes? Bloody no, sickening, it? Still, there we go. Um, we hope you had a, a nice Christmas, uh, and hopefully, I think it was all about making the best of it, wasn't it? That was the case. And did you do that? Were you able to make the best of it? I know that you were in London. I know that you had travel plans. I know that your wife had travel plans um but did you uh were you able to have a, a decent day
0: oh yeah I, I think it was you know it was quite nice just to not have the expectations and the amount of traveling and you know it, I think it's been a busy and difficult year for everyone and I think just to sort of hunker down for a few days and have some good food watch some I've been obsessively watching like really like cheesy 90s action films the last couple of uh Last couple of evenings, it's just been quite relaxing, you know, work-wise been really demanding this year. So I think just to have a couple of days in your pants eating some, <laughs> I've, I've started eating some really like fancy cheeses. I never knew I was that sort yeah, of man, yeah, but yeah. You, I think you must reach an age where all of a sudden like, you know, Going out there buying some sort of funny cheeses that I've never heard of before, like you know having some crackers with them, and you know just rolling them out at about sort of like eight nine o'clock in the evening, like while you're watching a show, grabbing some beers in from outside that are like beautifully cold. I've enjoyed it, man. It's been nice. It's been a
1: well, it's been a nice
0: you. sort of fun end to the year that's just been very indulgent
1: <laughs> i i'm also i don't eat that much cheese during the year but christmas i do treat yeah. myself to it something extraordinarily filthy and i did that to myself <laughs> oh, it's my new girlfriend the cheese that i bought this year is my new girlfriend unfortunately i've eaten all my girlfriends well that sounds weird but um <laughs> I've eaten it and uh, I spent 20 quid on just for one cheese. I've never done that before. 20 my- quid? Yeah, it was the Christmas. Because I lost out, right? I it. I'm going to go on a rant now, but I it. On a John Copeland jersey, right on eBay, and I was convinced that I was going to get it. It was in pristine condition. It Is was... John
0: Copeland jersey the cheese?
1: No, no. But it's. It, I'm going. If I ever make a cheese, I'm going to rename it the John Copeland Jersey cheese because <laughs> I was gutted. I was in the lead in that bidding war on eBay, and someone sniped me literally the last second, and I was absolutely devastated. So, anyone out there who bought that John Copeland jersey, go. <laughs> yourself um (laughs) um but so instead i bought myself a because that would have cost like 35 quid or whatever instead i went to a a local farm shop and i bought this uh really fantastic cheese for like 20 quid and it's like a soft brie with mascarpone in the middle and black truffle Honestly, honestly, it That's was outrageous. That is. It was fantastic. So I had a couple of glasses of wine. I I, I dipped into some shambord this week at this uh, Christmas weekend, which is like a raspberry liqueur. I, I went I
0: went balls out for Christmas. Hey, you got you got up to the Birmingham way these days, and all of a sudden you become a bit posh. son it sounds. I know, like to
1: me. I know, but it's just Christmas. I I I regress back into crisp sandwiches pretty quickly. So don't worry. Um,
0: dirty. I, I miss the days when you were quite content with a can of lager as we did in the podcast. I know, mate. Now, if raspberry I ever, liqueurs.
1: Next time we record face-to-face, that's it. I'm insisting on uh, champagne, <laughs> raspberry liqueur, 25 quid cheeses. You know, I, ex- <laughs> I expect nothing less now. Um, so, you know, it sounds like we we had a nice time. I hope you guys out there had a nice time. Thank you so much for all the Christmas messages. It was lovely to see all your Christmas bengals gifts this year i saw some pajamas in there i saw some artwork i saw some fr- people got sort of signed jerseys framed uh, looked fantastic one i think ross out there uh, borrowed to aj got a uh, a jeff blake signed jersey and he framed it. it looked like looked like absolute quality that was brilliant so i d- we do hope that uh, you were able to um have a good day and a nice weekend whatever you were doing. Um, and of course the Bengals gave us some gifts this Christmas, didn't they? Did you like that segue, Nathan? From-
0: oh, I loved it. I, I, wondered, I was wondering how really you were turning it, Sally. Smooth. It was, it, was, it was eloquent. Thank you. Um, I st- I'm staggered, mate. Staggered. I can't believe it. I, I was convinced that the Bengals wouldn't carry that progress over to this game and extremely pleasantly surprised. I mean, it was just another efficient performance Just no turnovers. There's no sacks yesterday. Like, it was just smart football. And I think Zach Taylor needed a couple of things off his back. And he got that division win against the Steelers. And, you know, the, the magnitude of it being the Steelers, he got that off his back. Massive thing to overcome for him. Get another win that no one would have expected. But then to get that away win off his record off his back as well get that because everyone's chatting on about the fact he's never won a road game and i'm sure that's weighing on his mind clears that off and he wins a game that's tight with just a few points in it which he's obviously notorious for losing and i think the, the most impressive thing is that he's doing it with 61 and a half million dollars worth of talent on ir yeah and the performances have been excellent. We were great against. It. it wasn't a dirty win against the Steelers. It wasn't messy. It was. It was efficient. It was well coached. It was well managed. It was smart. And that came over to the Texans. We weren't great yesterday on defense by any means. I'm not going to, you know, sugarcoat that too much. But we did enough to win. And I think too much this year we've sort you know we've tried to dig the positives out of a very sort of shallow very shallow games in terms of what positives there were, but all of a sudden we're getting wins. And I don't know where it's come from because a couple of games back before that Steelers game, we were dead and buried. 95%, maybe even higher than that, wanted Taylor out. We were convinced we weren't winning another game. Certainly not when you looked at the schedule and you had the Steelers, the Ravens and the Texans. You just felt like there was no way going up against Ben. Ben. Um, Deshaun Watson and Lamar Jackson—we're getting anything out of those games with either Brandon Allen or Ryan Finley at quarterback—and I just—I don't even know what to say where these performances have come from. It's—it's it's completely toppled me over.
1: Um, the question is now: I think—is um, this? Does do these couple of wins and improved performances represent real progress? Or is yeah. it yet another end-of-season, garbage-time wins? Because, the uh, bounce. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, because last, uh, I think last week or earlier on this week, Jay Morrison and Paul Daniel Jr. were discussing it on here That Podcast Growling. They wrote a couple of articles. There's been some remarkable end-of-season performances from the Bengals right, stretching right yeah. back to the 90s yeah. that have saved coaches' yeah. jobs. And it's just turned yeah. out to be... A completely false dawn because the same yep. thing has happened the year after they raised their game for the last couple of games that saved the coach's job. Same thing happens the next year, so on and so yep. on. Happened in Marvin's tenure a few times. Yep. Uh, so that's the question, isn't it? Is this does this represent real progress, or you know, is it just one of those crazy end of season you know job saving performances, both for players and for coaches? You know.
0: I completely agree, and for me, if you'd asked me two games ago on Zach Taylor, we've always tried to be quite balanced, we've said, look, let's give it until the end of the year, I think certainly a lot of us, including you and I, were worried mid-season, it really looked like we weren't making much progress, we weren't maximising the talent on the team, and two games ago, I think, like most people, I was on the outside looking in for Zach, I really thought that there wasn't much chance we'd get anything from these final three games, and that we really looked completely lost out there, and I thought with three games to go, what really can change in three games? Well, I mean, if you're Zach Taylor, you couldn't have asked for two better performances and two results. And I think now most people—and this is how funny the NFL is—because it changes so quickly. People's perceptions two weeks ago. God, if you—if we went back two podcasts ago and you read out the comments and the feedback that we got, and you read it out two weeks later, the, the difference is just absolutely staggering. Mm. Now a lot of people are saying, well, you know, maybe give him another year. Well, you know, yeah, he's earned it. He gets another year. Now, you know, I, I mean, I'm, I'm sort of somewhere in between both. I think. I think, like you, you look at it and you say, well, it's incredible two weeks. But then also you look at the, um, you know, the sort of twenty six, twenty eight weeks prior to that, and you have to factor that into your decision as well. But I mean, certainly if you're Zach Taylor is as good as it possibly could have been, and it, it, it is hard to sort of pick the bones out as to why. Were any better we've not changed no one's come back from injury it's not obvious that we've changed any sort of game planning um the two teams we've faced have both been good it's not like we've just got two cheap wins against the Jags and Jets or anything like that it's a real head scratcher and I like you said with sort of how does that sort of how does that progress move into 2021 it's hard to say isn't it you know it's a really difficult one because if you think back to last year when we got that win against the Browns to finish the season off we were a little bit more competitive towards the back end of the season in terms of wins last year it certainly didn't translate to the start of this season even with a better team so I'm I'm very confused if I'm honest very very confused
1: uh, I think the difference this year is um, or uh, yeah the difference this year between other uh, dead cat bounces, as you call them, is that um, just the amount of injuries? We've never had this amount of injuries before, apart from last season. You know, no mixing, no Burrow, no Jonah Williams, no Auden Tate, no C J Uzama on uh, offense. Trey no Tyler Boyd yesterday, and on the yeah. defense side of the ball, no D J Reader, no Gino Atkins, no Trey Waynes. Uh, William Jackson went out yesterday. No Logan Wilson you know it's it's, it's crazy absolutely remarkable. So yeah. for them to pull off a couple of wins with the team that they've got is I, I agree it is remarkable and I think you know you've got to take your hats off to everyone involved because um that that they some showed some stones yesterday and and the the week before against the Steelers you know and uh, god if they were to beat the Ravens that would be that would just be the well it's it's kind of strange you can't get too carried away can you because you know the record doesn't lie. However, you add in a couple of the wins that they really should have won this year, even just a couple of them. And suddenly they're getting up to the prediction record that we said they were going to get at the start of the season and we would be happy with. So it is,
0: it is weird, interesting. It? it is interesting. All those names you read out. And like I said earlier, 61 and worth of talent that is on IR that's not playing at the moment. And you think about those players and how highly we rate them. And you think back to some of the games earlier this year that we didn't win, like the Chargers, the Eagles. Um, the Colts, the, Colts, the Browns. Well ahead in, the the Browns, Giants, yeah. we should have won. Well, exactly. But you think back to them when we had those players available. You look back to the Chargers and Eagles games, certainly. You've got Joe Burrow out there. You've got C. Joe's Armour out there. Mixon's playing. You know, you've know, you got DJ Reader out there on defense. Like it's, it's crazy to me when you look back on that, that – we're able to win these games now against the Steelers and against um, the Texans, both of which have got talented you know, players on either side of the football. But then you look back to that, certainly that game against the Chargers, which I think was a big game, really, because I think if we'd won that, it could have been a very, very different season from a conference perspective. But that was the Chargers without even Justin Herbert. You got them mm-hmm. with Tyrod Taylor. And I know it was Burrow's rookie game and he was probably not at his best, but still that team all round was a far, far, far better team than, you know, what we've been putting out the last couple of weeks. So it's just a weird one, isn't it?
1: Very weird. Uh, we're going to dig deeper into yesterday. Uh, we don't, after spoiling you with guests these past few weeks, we had Rose Lavelle on before Christmas and DJ Reader in uh, in last week's Christmas episode. That was a lot of fun. So I do urge you to go and listen to that if you haven't heard it yet. Um, we thought we'd, we'd do something a bit different, actually. Uh, instead of the Bengals' wheel of misfortune, I think we're, we're okay to wheel out the Bengals' wheel of fortune, don't you, Nathan?
0: Right, oh, it's about time, isn't it? A nice gleaming wheel. You know, the <laughs> wheel of fortune, I could just imagine it. Very bright, modern, made out of some fancy plastic. And then you like one of those new things. You know when you get like a new computer and you, like, you peel off that plastic coating on it? Yeah. I've just got visions of you peeling this plastic coating off the wheel, son.
1: Well, let's see what it gives us now. <laughs> no 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 no, <laughs> no. <laughs> Right, there we go. There's a very happy Wheel of Fortune there. <laughs>
0: Slightly terrible. I thought you were having a stroke then for a second,
1: son. <laughs> no, don't worry about me. Um, listen, <laughs> well, you, you told me to you. <laughs> I only had like two minutes to get that together because you said you wanted to do this, a quarter to six to nine <laughs> instead of our normal time. So that's the best I could come up with. Right, it's uh, it's hit on uh, Brandon Allen.
0: Brandon Allen was an animal yesterday, wasn't he? I mean, I, always, I couldn't believe the geezer. Like, it, you know he was sort of discarded brand Allen. he was a COVID reserve quarterback came in and to put up 29 of 37 for 371 yards and two touchdowns. He was just a brilliant performance. I mean, there's no other way of describing it. It was worthy of any NFL starter. I think he's almost certainly solidified himself um, with that backup role moving into next year. I think it's going to be hard for anyone to come in there and shelve him from that, but he was fantastic. He just had such poise. He made some brilliant throws under pressure. He didn't get sacked. I thought he moved well in the pocket. He was accurate. Um, there wasn't too many throws. There one or two that I think got away from him a bit. But it was a tremendous performance from the young lad. 29-37 for
1: 371 yards and two touchdowns. I haven't got his QBR. I'm sure it's sky high. But um, I know he got rated in the 90s yesterday on PFF, which is something extraordinary it was a very joe burrow like performance it was shortish to medium uh passes very quick release uh, lots of screens in the early in the early uh going uh, which were working like a treat uh, and then as the defense was sort of edging up to to the box more um he started to pick them off uh downfield i mean that uh that touchdown pass to T. Higgins was fantastic. Uh, and there was another couple of passes to T. Higgins that had beautiful touch on them and there was one really nice pass to Alex Erickson over the middle in the second half. Yeah, he looked like he was confident he you know looked like a man that had been around the system for a few weeks and was confident in, in what that system required of him. Had some nice rapport with the uh, with his receivers. I mean, AJ caught a few passes. Alex Erickson had a decent day yesterday. Uh, after st- you know stepping up for um, Tyler Boyd, six catches for eighty-eight yards. Uh, I say Gio had seven for sixty-six, mostly out of the backfield. Uh, AJ had four for sixty-four. Uh, and Drew Sample had his first ever NFL touchdown. So, congratulations to Drew. Yeah, he looked great. He looked really, really good. Uh, I mean, that was interesting, wasn't it? Because he tried, I remember in the first half, I think we were all tearing a hair out when um, it was third and short and he tried to loft it up to AJ and, and AJ was nowhere near it. And then they tried the exact same play in fourth and two and it almost got intercepted. And you kind of thought, this is working. Don't try. To make him do too much, make you know just get him to do stuff that he's comfortable with, if that is short passes and check downs and intermediate passes, so be it if that you know if they make the Bengals march down the field, even if it takes you know eleven twelve thirteen plays per drive, then that's fine because that's what's that's what Brandon Allen is comfortable with, so it really did surprise me as the game wore on, he opened up, and the offensive game plan open up he was much braver and he was really accurate and i have to say the signs were there in the dallas game a couple of weeks ago he was sharp he was he was zinging those balls about um and he looked confident then and it didn't quite come up for him in the dallas game but again a couple of weeks another couple of practices and he had the game of his life it was you know Fantastic. And, you know, the Texans haven't got much of a secondary, but so what? He could only do what he could do, and he did it brilliantly yesterday. Fair play to him. Fair play.
0: Absolutely. I, th- I think you're seeing across the league with some of these backup guys, because they didn't have any sort of preseason and they had less time to sort of bed in, I think you are seeing them improve quite dramatically as the weeks go on. I mean, you've seen it with Andy Dalton. First couple of games with the Cowboys for hear me look really rusty, and the last couple of games he's been very sharp. And to be fair to Brandon Allen, first couple of games he had bit 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 or you know, bit here, bit there. I mean, he was absolutely exceptional yesterday with really, really lackluster supporting cast. I mean, obviously you mentioned before, no Tyler Boyd yesterday, AJ Green. I mean, I know Green had 64 yards yesterday, but I think we all agree he's a shadow of the player that um, he once was. And then really his main weapon, T Higgins, you've got no CJ's armour there, very heavy, heavily used the running backs. Bernard and Perrine had, a, I think, about 11 catches between them. So an interesting transition to get them involved. And I think there has to be a ton of credit that's got to go to Zach Taylor and, you know, the game plan there, because it worked to perfection. To come out of that game, I think the Bengals yesterday had about 500, 540, 550 yards um, on offense. I mean, we all know the Texans' defense, like you said, the cornerbacks aren't fantastic. But still, with that, that cast, to put those numbers up is is tremendous.
1: Breaking news, Washington have uh, parted ways with Dwayne Haskins. So there we go. Wow. Right, let's go back to the wheel. I well, saw Dwayne Haskins. Let's go back to the wheel of, of our wheel of... Mis- no, it's not misfortune. I'm so used to saying misfortune. It's the wheel of fortune. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> so, it's go. quite honestly terrifying. Uh,
1: it's supposed to be happy, but maybe it is a bit too intense. I don't know. Um, uh, yeah, let's talk about Zack Taylor. It's come up Zach Taylor. The wheel has given us Zach Taylor. And he notched his first, as we've been saying, his first uh, road victory yesterday. And that's two games now that I think he's called... You can't can never be perfect, but you know a pretty pretty solid offensive game yesterday. Um, yeah, hats off to Zach Taylor. A lot of he was feeling a lot of heat, a little bit from this podcast, more so from lots of other fans around the UK and in the states. Um, and it must feel good for him because uh, he's sort he of... He must have
0: had the best Christmas of anyone, the geezer. Two, in two weeks, I mean, like, oh, sorry, in one week, he's got two wins. What a Christmas for Zach Taylor yeah. and his family. He's going to be loving it, the geezer, isn't he?
1: Absolutely. I mean, he's
0: going to be... He's going to be sat there, Zach Taylor, with his shirt off, Christmas hat on, bottle of Johnny Walker in his hand, absolutely <laughs> loving it, the geezer.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, who who wouldn't be? I, I, mean, I mean, again... You've got to look at the record and winning your first road game after about 30 games is not fantastic, it has to be said. Uh, but it is a milestone for him and hopefully that will give him confidence, him personally, and also the team as well. And and one thing, he, you, you know, there's been a lot of chat about locker room dissent and disharmony and unhappiness and all the rest of it. But, uh, you know, this team has really fought for him in the last, well, all the way through but now it's clicking it's obvious that confidence is there and uh you know and just general play is better the feelings good uh and he's had two he's had a couple of really really good games uh game planning and calling offensive plays you know so yeah i'm i'm thrilled for him let's just hope um this isn't just a false dawn let's let let's hope it is um the start of something you know
0: Absolutely. And I thought DJ Reader said it really well last week on this podcast when he said you don't see guys running around playing like that against the Steelers that aren't playing for a coach and playing hard for a guy. And I think it's a very good point. And whenever any players have come on this podcast this season with DJ or CJ, um, they've both quite honestly, I think. Been behind the coach and i think sometimes with sort of this media speak you can sometimes tell when players either avoid the question or say something fairly sort of generic and i think both of them when they've been on have been very open and honest and genuine when when talking about zach taylor and the team being behind him and that's great to hear and i think you as a fan you want that it's not always enough just because the players might like zach taylor might be buy into what he's doing doesn't mean what he's doing is good doesn't mean what he's doing is right doesn't mean he's the right man for the job but it's certainly at least one box tick to have the players behind you and not you know wanting you out or anything like that so it's great to hear that like I said earlier I'm very confused because for me two weeks ago I I was you know I was packing Zach's bag for him I just didn't think that we were going to see anything different i thought that it had been a very poor showing this year considering we're a much better team than we were last year we had you know we had the first pick in the draft we spent some money in free agency you have to get more than two wins no matter the injury situation you just have to win more than two games in your second year with those those presents that given to you and fair enough he's now got four wins obviously four and a half with the tie against the eagles with one game to go so It's still not great. I mean, we're not going to sit here and say it's been a good year. What a year. So excited for next year. But it's certainly muddied the waters. You know, it's created some doubt there. And I think a lot of Bengals fans now are a little bit like more. Some of them for sure will be saying, look, I'm judging this on the whole two years here. Sorry, not enough for me. Don't like what I've seen. But I think there are a lot of people with the injuries factored in with the fact that he was hired late the fact that we're in a transition period etc we'll be willing to say look let's give him another year there'll be a lot of people out there that'll say look this ownership is tends to be very loyal to their coaches and wants to give them time to develop he's a young lad he's going to be here anyway so what's the point in moaning about it let's just get behind him which i you know fair enough but it, it's a really it's going to be very very interesting this offseason. i don't think he'll go anywhere I'd be shocked and stunned. I think there might be a, a couple of assistant changes that's been murmured, I think, in the last week. Um,
1: yeah, I think it was Tyler Dragon, our old yes. friend Tyler Dragon, who came out and said he said from a source that there will be a coaching change uh, somewhere yeah, within the team in the off-season. We do have a question about that later, so let's leave our thoughts on that one. But yeah, hats off to Zach. Yeah. Um, uh, let's hope he can beat the Ravens next week. That'd be pretty awesome. Right, back to the wheel. No, 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 no. What do you think that so geez? What do you think that so, so, is laughing at? By the way,
0: he almost sounds like a Scotch. Well, I, I
1: hope I hope it isn't that because that's just put a, an awful image into my head. Thank you, Nathan. It's um, <laughs> come up as T. Higgins. Um, what a what a what a player he's turned out to be. He's tied with Chris Collinsworth for the most rookie receptions. I think it's receptions or is it yards? No, receptions. He's closing in on the yards as well. That's that. I know Joe Burrow has chucked it like a lot and. But you know, these past few games, they haven't been passing it too much or as much. But that's a thirty-year club record. Chris Arrol, another old friend of ours, if I do, um, if I may say so, <laughs> is uh, Chris Collinsworth, uh, and uh, he's poised to break his record. That's thirty years old. We're in between that time. We've had Kyle Pickens, Darnay Scott, Peter Warwick, uh, Chad Ochocinco, T.J. uh who else? AJ Green, of course, Marvin Jones Marv- Marvin Jones and um uh what's his face? Mo Sanu. We've had some brilliant wide receivers and T. Higgins is poised to beat them all. You know, Eddie Brown, Tim McGee, you keep the names keep on coming. Um for him to do that is quite quite an amazing achievement actually and he will do it, I think, in in you know, even if he just gets one reception. Uh, that's, that's pretty remarkable, really. So I think T Higgins has been a real find. I mean, that's almost a silly thing to say because he, he has, he obviously has. And, uh, he looks, he looks the part, doesn't he? He looks fantastic. He's a big play guy. He makes big catches. He does drop a few balls. He could work on that. But for the most part, he's been absolutely brilliant. (laughs) 100%.
0: 100%. I, and you've seen a lot of wide receivers in the last couple of years drafted in the first round or the beginning of the second round that just have not panned out for teams. And I think with drafting Joe Burrow this year, the focus really was on him. But to get this sort of value and production out of a guy like T. Higgins in year one, he may get a thousand yards, might be a bit of a stretch, but it, you know maybe 50-50 to get that before the end of the season and about 70-odd catches. It is a remarkable return considering that for nearly half a season, he's been playing with a backup quarterback as well. So, huge hats off. Two him. He just backup looks like He looks like the complete package out there. His hands are growing. That catch for the touchdown yesterday, where he keeps his feet in and positions his body. He's got. I think his best skill, T. Higgins, is his his body control. He just seems to have such like poise, and it could just make these really difficult catches down the sideline. Um, I think everyone questioned his speed. That was the one thing people said that might hinder him a little bit at the pro level, but. It doesn't look like a problem to me. I mean, he looks like he can beat people deep. He's not gonna necessarily be the fastest guy on the field, but he just looks like an an excellent player. And I think with him and Tyler Boyd under contract but moving forward, you potentially there got your number one and number two guy. I think you need a speedy guy to sort of come in, be that in the draft or through free agency to really sort of like nail down that position group. But there's not enough good things to say about T. Higgins. I just think that we've got a hell of a player on our hands for the next few years, and I think him and Joe Burrow are going to get to know each other very well. Yeah,
1: I agree. And uh, yeah, I'm very pleased uh, he was my guy in the trap. But, you know, I don't know don't want to dwell on that too much,
0: really. <laughs> well, you think Emily many geezers went before him as well. You know? yes, Teams that's had a chance on him. And, those. you
1: know, a lot of wide receivers, you know, your C.D. Lambs, your Henry Rugs. you know, they've had good seasons as well. Just it's a to, hell of a draft class. Really, it really you was. Justin about. Jefferson. Justin just Jefferson. It's yeah, it's great. incredible. I mean, some of his route running, Justin Jefferson has been terrific. Um, so yeah, a very strong wide receiver class, and
0: um, it's, mad, it's mad when you think Joe Boy at college was thrown to Jamar Chase and Justin yeah. Jefferson at the college level. You, you think one of the you know the number two cornerback on a college team is going up against either one of those guys back in the day? It, it's not hard to see how they were putting up fifty points on mm. teams week in week out.
1: Well, what 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 price Jamar Chase being selected by the Bengals in the first round next year?
0: Yeah, there's food for
1: thought. Let's go back to the wheel. <laughs> 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 no 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 no! <laughs> Well, there we go. Um, he's a happy man. We're happy men. I hope you're happy men and women out there. Um, so, uh, the next thing on the wheel is the running backs by committee. Uh, Samaj P. Ryan had a good day yesterday uh, 13 carries for 95 yards, uh, two touchdowns, four catches for 41 yards. Gio Bernard, 16 carries, 65 yards, and seven receptions for 66. Um, and I quite like Travion Williams as well, what I've seen him in him. Um, you gotta love Geo. I'm so pleased he's being used a lot more and yesterday in the screen game and out of the bat. that's exactly what how you want him to be used. and he's proving that he's a, he's a he's still a good player and a valuable player. And P Ryan has just been a revelation, hasn't he? I know that he's he ran for about 400. he run for about 400 yards in college in one game? That's something crazy. I know, they love
0: they love that all the announcers like that one line they've been <laughs> given know. by their producer on him and it, it, that against Kansas he had like 430 yards and a ton of touchdowns. They just love rolling that one out there, don't they?
1: Uh yeah, but he he's been running hard and he looks he looks good. Um That one fantastic 70-yard... Was it 70-odd yards or 40 yards? I can't remember. 40, 40 40, yeah. Um, Brilliant stuff. And um, it does beg the question, why did we pay Joe Mixon all that money?
0: Well, there's a few people saying that, aren't there? (laughs) I know Joe Goodbury came out and was saying very adamantly that he doesn't think it's a great contract and that, you know, with running backs, you can sort of get that value out of paying people a lot less. And... I think we all unquestionably will say that from a talent perspective and overall, Joe Mixon is a lot better player than Samar P Ryan. Um, he's a different player as a Giovanni Bernard, but I think overall you obviously would still say he's probably the better player. But it, from a finance perspective, that I think you know we're not going to get into the cap now, where our money should be going, and planning for the future, but. It does look like a questionable move, I think, when you're putting that money in there because you. I mean, you look at Samar J. P. Ryan and he's played fantastic the last two weeks, but he was someone that sort of been bounced around the league a bit. He was at Washington, then he went. I think he went to Miami last year, then he went back to. He came to us, then back to Miami. Bit of a special teams guy, and then all of a sudden you plug him in yesterday behind a questionable offensive line and he has 95 yards and two touchdowns so that really is the running back position in the NFL it's next man up and people do often have success so there are going to be questions there but I just think the value of the run game sometimes gets lost in today's NFL because you see guys going out there like Joe Burrow is a great example the start of this season's throwing for 300 yards here 300 yards there 350 370 big big numbers we're losing games and you see it around the league. that A lot of the time it's pass heavy, pass heavy. Teams put it up enormous numbers, but just not winning. And I think sometimes when you can put up regular yards on the ground, it just makes your attack so much more balanced. And it's no surprise to me. I think there's that stat that goes around. If Gio Bernard gets 20 or 25 carries, the Bengals almost always win. And you look yesterday, we got 169 yards rushing yesterday against Texans. I think we had about 150 again against the Steelers last week it just makes it nice and balanced you're not putting yourself into long third downs where you're asking people like Ryan Finley and Brandon Allen to dig you out of a third and 12 or third and eight um I just had confidence yesterday it looked balanced we looked like we had you know the line I think's played a lot better the last couple of weeks which I think it's been a big thing but Spain
1: and Xavier Sufilo yeah, playing yeah absolutely
0: well. and there's just been there's been some actual holes for running backs to run into and I think when you get that run game going and you quite, the you know, the defense then has to be like, Oh, you know what? We need to bring some guys into the box here. You know, it opens up some lanes. It opens up the play action more, which the Bengals love to use. Um, it, I think the value of the running game is massive. And I, I hope it's something the Bengals don't abandon next year, get Joe Burrow back and think they need to throw it 50, 60 times a game like they were when he was in, because as, as exciting as that is, and as good as Joe Burrow is, you know, there is more than that. You know, I know running the ball is not as sexy as it potentially, you know, was back in the day. But I think there's a lot of value there.
1: And it also it allows you to control the game a little bit better. You Absolutely. Well, yeah. You know, time of possession. That. It's you don't get involved in these tit for tat, end to end stuff, which is you know, it's fine if you win them, but we weren't winning them. And, um,
0: you lessen the chance of your quarterback getting nailed as well. Yeah, you can no, run the ball, true. you know, you get you, quarterbacks up, right. He's not taking shots every play, which I think is important as well.
1: Yes. Um, two things that aren't on the, uh, wheel of fortune this week, are the, the, the second half defense. I thought that the defense played really well in the first half, actually. Um, and I know they're playing a, a quarterback who is just fantastic. You know, he, Talk about a quarterback, you know, that carries the rest of the team on his back. Deshaun Watson is one of those players, you know, one of a handful in the NFL that can do what he does. You know, Mahomes, Rodgers, Watson, um, who else at the moment? You know, Tom Brady, maybe, uh, you know, there's only a handful of those guys that can really carry their team and... Deshaun Watson can. However, um, against a run game that hasn't done anything at all all season, they absolutely tore it up against us yesterday. Uh, The pass defence, most notably, and I hate to pick on him, but Deshaun Sims was a liability, again, in coverage. And no doubt when when William Jackson went off with concussion, um, you know the Texans kind of really zeroed in on LaShawn Sims. Uh, and we've seen teams do that throughout the throughout the year. Um, so Lou was faced with a difficult decision. Do you drop the safeties back and give them cover or do you keep them up? And, and of course, as soon as the safeties and the secondary dropped back a bit, there was a huge hole in the middle of the field and the Texans took full advantage of that. Um so it's a tricky one. But that run defence in the second half was really like, wow, where where did that go? You know, because they were pretty good in the first half. Um And also Austin Siebert. I think it's pretty obvious uh that we're gonna be getting a new kicker next year, because I don't think Austin Siebert is the answer. We should have been, you know, a touchdown ahead, or at least six points ahead at half time yesterday. And Austin Siebert missed another. Uh, field goal I don't I I think we need to address that uh, position in the off season so unfortunately those two
0: I don't think Randy's coming back
1: I don't think Randy's coming back I think Randy is done in Cincinnati
0: I see I think that's I don't know I've I've really been the one on Randy's case and I still don't think he's probably the best option but I don't think he's been that bad has he? Well I think he's missed some
1: crucial kicks this year not least uh, the 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 night of the dodgy calves uh, in in the first game, and then he's missed a few others.
0: Um, I mean, I agree with you. He's he's eighty one percent on kicks this year. I mean, I know. I think the thing with Randy, always we've always said is, can he make them when it matters? It's not. It'd be all right to make you one from thirty five, you know, when it's a sort of fairly one sided game, but is he going to be the guy that's going to knock one in from 47 when it matters to get you into the playoffs? And I've always questioned that with him. But, yeah, I mean, I don't really know what the standard of kickers are like in the draft, but I always think at the very least, if you're going to – I'd be more than happy to chuck a sixth round, seventh round pick or, like, mm-hmm. priority free agent signing to get a guy in at the very least to compete with him. Um, I agree. Because um, you do see – I mean, you just look at Justin Tucker. I'm not saying there's just guys like Justin Tucker around, but – You know, you get a a guy like that in that can just bang them from distance with the regularity and the consistency in which he does it, and it's a hell of a weapon.
1: I agree with you. Um, Shall we go to our correspondence? We're going to put the wheel of fortune away for now. Hopefully, that we'll be able to get it out uh, many more times next season. (laughs) Um, Scott Gibb at Scott Gibb 1. First... He asks, was that the first road win since that meet-up, or am I wrong? The last second field goal, Manchester? No, so, well, yes, you're half right. Well, you're five-sixth right, I'd say. Um, our last road win, I believe, was against Tampa Bay in the Marvin Lewis era. And we also happened to have, I want to say we, Bengals UK had a meet-up in a London pub uh, for that game. And Randy did nail a last-second field goal. So I think you're right. That was the last uh, road victory, which is insane to say, but I think that was the case.
0: That's mags. That just feels like so long ago. Do
1: you know what I mean? That oh, was no.
0: nearly three years, wasn't it?
1: Especially with everything that's happened this year. I mean, even... Yeah. even Last October, you know, the Rams game at Wembley seems like a decade ago with everything that's happened. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Memphis Soul Stewart, Stuart Baird, 688. Due to catastrophic internet failure, I missed the game. If that doesn't sum up 2020, I don't know what does. Hope everyone has a safe new year and hope to see you all in some pub somewhere, clothes optional. So uh, Memphis Soul Stew is uh, planning for some... Bearing of the flesh next year, uh, which is exciting for everyone, isn't it? Um, Duncan at Dastardly Duncan,
0: solid handle.
1: How annoying is it on a scale of one to ten when people call Joey B Joe Burrows? And he's put a little uh, uh, a quote, a uh, little uh, poll there, and it ranges from I'm okay with it to tiresome to maddening and then to infuriating. And oh, I agree, it is infuriating. Why do people call? Joe Burrow, Joe Burrows. It's ridiculous.
0: I, I noticed that. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Jam at Baguette Disco. Just a shout out for Samaj Pirine. Had a great game. Played with his beard on fire. Hope the coaches keep the Russian came going uh, with Burrow back. And I agree uh, on both points. Samaj Pirine has a fantastic beard. I was watching the press conference with him last night. And It is amazing and i think it's kind of looks even more amazing. His it's amazingness and fulsomeness is uh amplified by the fact that he's he's got a shaved head so
0: 100 100 i think we're bald head and a big beard it's a smart look you know yeah
1: no i agree it's something that i may be working towards in in a few (laughs) years who knows um but yes let's hope the russian game is kept uh and they figure it out um because because of all the reasons we've just spoken about, um, Matt Moon at Matt Moon, who is better, Brandon Allen or Andy Dalton?
0: So oh, it's a good question that. No? Dalton's playing like an animal though, isn't he? Like he's a, you know, I I'm quite always quite fascinated to see what Andy Dalton's up to because obviously you know when one player is just playing in one market all the time and you know he's been surrounded by the talent we've given him it's always quite exciting to see how he gets on um another team and he's really playing playing quite well the last couple of weeks They're a shaky start like i said before but i mean he's flourishing. having michael Gallup and um he's cd lamb and yeah. you know amari cooper. amari cooper i mean it's a hell of that obviously ezekiel Elliott as well although he's a bit injured but bad line in dallas but unbelievable talent around him and wouldn't you just love to see? I mean, I don't know what people think of the Cowboys, but I would love to see Andy Dalton sneak into the playoffs and have a crack at a playoff win. I really would love to see that.
1: I hate Dallas, and I don't want them to get anywhere near the Super Bowl. Even though, <laughs> even though Andy Dalton plays for them, and even though I kind of tip them at the start of the season because you just look at the, those skill players that they've got; it's incredible. I, th- I do think they've got the best um, trio of wide receivers as, as a trio in the league. Yeah, um, I agree. With that. Yeah, if they could just... I mean, they, had, they did have a fantastic line, but injuries have completely knacked them. Um, and But, yet yeah, they've still got a chance to win that division, you know. But I'm going to be rooting for Washington purely, because, A, because they got rid of the Redskins' name, which always always stuck in my craw, as they say. And I i think, you know, what a story it would be for Alex Smith uh, to get to the playoffs again. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. Dallas are on a bit of a roll at the moment, so they could—I don't know—they might even if they get into the players, they could cause some damage. Maybe who knows? But there's some good good teams in the NFC this year. So
0: to, to answer the question just quickly, I, I still go with Dalton. He's done it for longer. He's got yeah, more experience. Can, yeah, I yeah. think I think he would be my pick. But I have to say, and I, you know, obviously, only one game for Brandon Allen, but. I was very impressed with Brandon Allen yesterday, but but early days.
1: If Brandon Allen puts in a similar performance against a team and a defense like the Ravens next week, I think that's when you start to think, "Yep, he's a good player. This 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 lad's a good player," uh, because the Ravens are better, much better than yep. the Texans on defense. So, and you know what? Well, pro- you know what? You know the problems that they caused us with all their exotic blitzes earlier on in the season. Uh, but I don't know. I think the Bengals are out for revenge. I think they were stung by that game, and um, but we'll see. We'll talk about that later, I think. Uh, Peter Dadswell at Dadders. Rumour has it, at least, one coach will depart PBS in the off-season. Turner or someone else?
0: Well wow. I, oh, I, I've got a sneaky feeling it won't be Jim Turner. I really do. I think it might just be sort of like an assistant coach, but I certainly not going to be Darren Simmons. I don't think, I don't think he's going to, I think Lou's earned himself another year, to be honest. I mean, I say earned I th- I, more. I just don't think they'll get rid of him. I don't think Callahan's going to go. I think him and Zach, have, like you know, whatever the, whoever's calling the shots there or whatever Don't you know, certainly last couple of weeks, I think it'd be an, an odd change. I just think Turner's, the reason people don't really like Jim Turner is that mainly is because of the the history of Jim Turner and all that bully gate scandal with the dolphins and he's an ex army geezer. And I can see how he rubbed people up the wrong way. He's a bit intense. He's inappropriate, etc. which I completely get. But I, I'm not, I hate to say this, but the line's been better down the stretch and there's been injuries on that line. You've had guys go in and out. I just, it, for a popularity perspective and a PR perspective, I wouldn't be surprised if it was Turner because I think all the fans really want him out, and it would make sense. But Zach Taylor likes him. He's got history with him. He'd probably sit there and say, "Look, that line has got a bit better as the season's gone on. We're running the ball. We're winning games." I, I don't know. I, I I got a sneaky feeling he might be here to stay.
1: Uh, I don't like uh, Jim Turner. Um, I don't necessarily care about is you know it's not the kind of per- with all the bully guests it's not the kind of person that you want on a team but Zach vouched for him fair enough Um however I, what I don't like about Jim Turner is, and I don't you know I'm not in the, in the locker room I'm not a coach so you know this is just a fan's view Um for the past two years now it's taken half a season to three quarters of a season to figure it out and yes you're right they have had Injuries and they haven't been able to do half the stuff that they needed to do. And the line they, is there's also had a bit. massive
0: lack of talent as well. I mean, yeah, as much as we want them, them but to, but that, that's kind up. of down to
1: them as well. They need to, you know, yeah, they enough. needed to get a few lads in this year at the start of this year. Uh, and also, as we've been saying, you know, the fact is that every man, woman, and his or her dog knew that the offensive line was a weak point on this team yeah. going into this year. And yet the same things were happening,
0: and it's taken. Is that on Jim Turner though? Well, that, I, to, I me st- that's on, to me, that's on Duke Tobin and Zach, or whoever's planning for the season. You're not going to have Jim Turner banging the. I mean, he might well bang the table, but I don't think he's going to sit there.
1: No, but when he's I, just
0: coaching the guys and say, "Look, I think this is fine. Don't worry about going out there and yeah. spending twenty million on an offensive lineman." You know, I think he would have been. Clamouring for better play, I don't think we can put that on him.
1: No, but I don't. I still don't think he gets the best out of players. I still don't. Which is like, fair enough. Yeah, which I, I still don't like. Even with a healthy line, he's still not quite sure.
0: Uh, has Bobby Hart got better though? I'd argue, Bobby. I mean, you know, again, I'm, yeah, I'm probably, I think he's. I think I've, he's been better been unpopular this year. Here, but I think Bobby Hart in two years has gone from being a disaster yeah. to being serviceable right tackle at the moment. I yeah, mean, he's not yeah. playing fantastically, but. I would argue there's been improvement there. I think there's been. I think there's players like Michael Jordan that haven't come. Well, I was going to say, for every Bobby yeah. Hart,
1: there's a Michael Jordan. You
0: know. Yeah. Um,
1: I don't like the handling of Billy Billy Price. Billy Rice. Billy Price. Um, I think. I don't know. I just. It just seems like this whole revolving door thing, and you know, three quarters of that is because of injuries. Um, but I. I just don't see. The amount of pro, it always takes something bad to happen for progress to happen, uh, with the offensive line. And I I would like it to be going into next season, um, because you know, going into this season, they didn't quite know who their best offensive line was again, and now that's something that I'm not keen on. So, you know, that's that's my reasoning. But as for um, Pete's question, I think it could be Turner, it could be Lou. Uh, it could be, you know, a few of the defensive assistants, you know. Um,
0: but they've got- I think it could be, uh, Lou probably, uh, could probably be a hot second guess just on the basis that, I, with every respect to him, he wasn't Taylor's first choice at defensive coordinator. I mean, I know they sort of tried for a few guys and couldn't get them. And then I think Lou was sort of like the third option almost. But, I mean, I, the defence has been up and down. Certainly wasn't great yesterday. But, that possibly could be the um, if Zach Taylor's got someone in mind who he's you know sort of um, like primed for the job. That mm. possibly would be the side To me, it's like I don't think I don't understand why Tyler Dragon would be making such a deal of that if it was just going to be like Al Golden or someone yeah, yeah, really right. in the background. It just feels like a bit of a non-story because every year there's always assistant coaches that move around because there's so many of them, you know. So I feel like it almost has to be. Mm. Um, someone of note.
1: Well, watch this space. Watch this space. Killian at Malloy underscore double zero. Two minds about the coaches. Like many, I was rapidly losing faith in ZT, but he's shown enough in these last two games to warrant getting a third season. Watching the Bengals hasn't been pretty the last few years, but a really, but really nice to get a few wins and uh, to end a pretty crap 2020. John Ward at John Ward thirty one. For me, the last two games have justified giving ZT another season. People were wanting five to six wins, and he's almost got there. Keeping him could be an Alex Ferguson moment at Man United, possibly. We have some good young players, and if we can get some coaching expertise in too. There you go. Shawnee actually
0: sh- is that the second time in two weeks we've had Zach. That's right, it was Duncan Challenge last Ferguson. week.
1: I'm not sure about that, but we'll we'll <laughs> see. We'll see. Um Shawnee at Shawnee one Can we kill the Ravens playoff hopes? Our record in home games finales with a losing record is exemplary. Seventeen of eighteen as per Jay Morrison. Would be would be pretty damn hilarious to play spoilers to them again. Winning feels good. I agree. Um, Rob Hill at 3003 Rob, got to be worth discussing those fans who'd rather we lose to get a better draft pick. And again, you know, fans were a bit upset yesterday because they there's think... A lot
0: of, there's a lot of chatter about that, isn't there? There's a lot of chatter about that. I think a lot of fans riled up. Some people riled up we, we won the game. It's, yeah, it's a sore subject, I think, isn't it?
1: It is. It's interesting, though, isn't it? Um Again, it's that you have to balance it out. Really, you look at—I always use Tyler Boyd as that example. If he hadn't had that game against Baltimore a few years ago, uh, I don't think he—he would be the player that he is now. And I believe that that kind of carryover is there for the, you know, the rest of the team. So if you can win, rather than just settling for a draft pick, um, it's sometimes you know, depending where you're drafting, obviously. Um, sometimes of almost equal value I think.
0: Um, Well, Absolutely. Let's say that Zach Taylor does turn out to do an Alex Ferguson. If we'd lost these games we lost against the Steelers we lost a tight one against the Texans and we don't beat the Ravens Zach Taylor's gone. I, I don't think with two wins he would have stayed. I really honestly believe that that would have been the end of him and these wins, if they keep him in the job and he turns out to be the right man and, you know, he's a young guy and he progresses and we win a lot of games in the future. You look back and say, well, that could have been the turning point for this franchise, you know, And it, like Brandon Allen. What happens if Brandon Allen has another cracking game like you said against the Ravens um, as a brilliant preseason? And, you know, all of a sudden you've got an excellent backup quarterback, potentially a guy, Brandon, I think, said about 25, a guy that might have some trade value in years to come for a team that's looking for a starter. So there's definitely potential there. It's not, you know, the difference in the draft when you don't need a franchise quarterback and you've got that guy, the difference between what you're going to get at number three, number five, number six, you know, we're still going to have a top 10 pick. There's still going to be incredible value in that draft um at the, at the defensive line at tight end at wide receiver you know we talk names like jamal chase are, are going to be there um that guy that is it? Is um, is it Pitts from florida that everyone's yeah, raving about Kyle i've Pitts seen a bit of him ends, he looks yeah. like an absolute animal i mean there's going to be a guy like that that's going to be there so you know don't waste your life willing your own team to lose you know it's a it's not a nice thing to do
1: yeah i agree jamie at Trekart Beast. I could get used to this winning malarkey. Not a perfect performance, and I still want Zach yeeted, uh, but there's green shoots. I thought XSF and P Ryan were excellent. Now let's find the right coaches and players to add to the team and get us over the hump. And I think Jamie, you know, Jamie's um, not keen on Zach Taylor, and it is important to balance this out. It's been two wins, you know, and. Uh, in two weeks, in his first road victory for uh, you know, almost two seasons now. So things still aren't great, but as he says, green shoots. There's a lot of talent there, as we've kind of known. Uh, it's time to put it together. Warrior at WarriorNate99. Oh, Solid handle. I'll drop my fire Zach Taylor comments if we beat the Ravens. Nice for Zach to get his first away win, but we'd lost to that. But if we lost to that Texans team with a non-existent defence, well, Merry Christmas. Uh, Matt H at Matt P Harding. Fair play to Zach Taylor. Whatever your opinion on him as a coach, he's a good guy and deserves these wins. Have a good New Year, gents. Thank you, Matt. I think you might be a first-time caller. Uh, Thank you very much. Cheers, Matt. and that wraps it up, really. I mean, everyone's overjoyed, aren't they? As Jamie said, willing it's nice to to kind of come on here and talk about a win for a change, and uh, let's hope that can continue next year. But I don't. Again, I don't. I don't think we're under any illusions that that this team needs some work, and um, uh, so it's going to be interesting. It's going to be really interesting this offseason. You know, what do they do with A.J. Green? What do they do with Geno Atkins? What do they do with someone like Gio Bernard? What do they do with the coaches? Uh, Who are they going to let go? Who are they going to bring in? I think this is going to be another very interesting off-season.
0: I think I think we'll we, we do, obviously, after next week's game, and I know we'll have a few eight weeks after that to talk this to death. So I won't spoil it all now. But I actually do think there's some quite obvious decisions there with players. A couple of re-signing options, like with Carl Lawson and stuff, that are perhaps slightly less obvious. But I think with people like Green and Atkins, I think this team is moving into a real transition. They're going to have a lot of cap room available with these guys, potentially moving on. You've obviously got Joe Burrow coming back. So it's a young team. We've got some exciting players like we said with Higgins and Bates it's the big decision really and it's not ours to make but the big decision is the coaching staff and it's that if you think Zach Taylor's the right man and I think we you know we we could talk for a long time about that and we will do after um, the Ravens game but I still think as we've said every week this season with Taylor that every game's a game for him to showcase what he's got and however bad they were for the majority of the season, all it's taken is two good wins, mm. and you've got half this fan base has turned their opinion entirely from you know very angry. This is shocking. Get him out. To you know what? Maybe he deserves a second chance. Two wins, that's all it took. Mm. And I think against the Ravens, if he could make it three in a row, I think he'd have ninety percent of the team, uh, sorry, the fans behind him saying, "Look, let's give this lad another chance, and let's get behind him." Now, whether that's right or wrong. We will discuss that another day, but it's remarkable how uh, short people's memories are on this.
1: Um, the Bengals have just announced that Gino Atkins is the 2020 winner of the Ed Block Courage Award. Never heard that before. Um, it's coordinated through NFL athletic trainers, the award honours players who symbolise professionalism, great strength and dedication. Go while, on, Gino, While also acting as a community role model. Is it me, or... I don't know. I'll get suspicious when all these awards get given to veteran players who might be on the way out. It's almost like, give him all the award. He's been nominated for the Walter Payton this year. He's just won the Ed Block Courage Award. Is this some sort of goodbye? I don't know. It's weird, isn't it? Um, Anyway, we shall see. Stay tuned, fans. Uh, So the Ravens, we got a
0: chance or What? Well, they need to win the Ravens. I think we'll probably put up a good fight. I'd be surprised if we got the win. I mean, it's at home, which maybe give us a little bit of a chance. And so we've come. We've obviously got a lot of momentum behind us. But I mean, a win would be fantastic, and it would probably eliminate the Ravens from the playoffs, which would be, um, you know, with all the history there, would be quite nice. So I hope so. And I think for Zach's sake, I'm sure he hopes so. But um, I think, yeah, I think realistically, the Ravens are a very good side. It's going to be a be a tough game.
1: Well, you know, the Ravens had a lot to play for a couple of years ago and we were having a similar season to this uh, and we went in there and beat them. So I think it's it's going to be interesting because, again, I do feel that the Bengals were really stung by that pummeling they got from the Ravens earlier in the season because that was one of the games that they just were not competitive in. They were just sort of outplayed, outcoached, out everything. So I do think that there'll be gunning for some sort of revenge this week and I I think, you know, this is a game that they'll have circled on the fixture list and said, right, this is where we get Adam again. So it'll be very interesting because as I said earlier, uh, the Ravens defence are a hell of a lot better than the Texans defence. So it's going to be interesting. They might be too good for us, but you know, the way we're playing, the way we're pulling stuff out at the moment, I mean you just can't
0: predict it really, can you? So I'm excited to see Brad Allen. I think it's a really interesting... I mean, when he started this game against, um, you know, the most recent game, I sort of thought to myself, oh, you know, there's not much to be excited about here. But after his performance yesterday, absolutely handling the Texans, Mm. it's going to be a really interesting game for him to see if he can build on that. So I think that, to me, that's what I'm most excited to see is how hopefully we get Tyler Boyd back for him as well. That'd be a nice weapon added... Um, Could also be, and there's some significance, really, to this Ravens game, sort of segueing on. Could well be A.J. Green's last game as a Bengal. I think almost certainly it will be. So I'd love to see A.J., um, potentially get a touchdown. That'd be a nice way to sort of well, sit, he, he sign off. Well, He could break
1: Chad's record, right? He could break Chad's record. Yeah, um,
0: absolutely. So, I mean, that would be a lovely moment, I think, yeah. uh, at, at Paul Brown Stadium as well. So Could also look be the one.
1: final game for Carl Lawson, could also be the final game in strikes for William Jackson. But who knows about those two? Who knows? Indeed. I'd
0: love both of those geezers back. Yeah, I really would. Yeah.
1: Well, uh, we're going to wrap it up there. Thank you very much for listening again. Um, what have we got coming up? Well, we've got new year coming up, so I guess we should wish you all a very happy new year, happy, safe and healthy new year. Let's hope 2021 is better in every way, shape and form, because uh, this year has been, well, it's been a bit of a nightmare, let's face it, hasn't it? Uh, for everyone all over the world, you know, people have lost people to this pandemic, people have lost jobs, people have lost sanity people are anxious people are fearful um so let's hope uh some balance comes to our lives in 2021
0: so a very happy new year uh, from me and a very happy new year for me cheers guys
1: i haven't finished yet i haven't finished yet so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry. uh so yeah Go we do that. we do have we had a, a week off from the tailgate this week because uh the people that normally do it were kind of here there and visiting family where they could and whatnot so uh, we'll be back with the tailgate on Sunday and uh, we'll be back next week with the podcast to to talk about what happened uh, the night before. So until then, uh, it is a who
0: day from me. And a who day from me. Cheers, guys. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and it should also be noted that the views and opinions expressed within this podcast do not reflect those of the Cincinnati Bengals organisation.